0: Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's me, Corey, and here we are in the very first episode of A Well-Cared-For-Human. I am so excited that you're here and that you're willing to explore this topic, this idea of what it means to have a good relationship with yourself, with me, and a good relationship with yourself, not with me. I mean, maybe we will have a relationship. I don't want to presume or get too ahead of myself here, but I uh, just meant rebuilding a relationship with yourself, with me as your host, Corey. So before we even dive into self-care tools, I just want to talk about what it even is. Because there are a lot of products and information out there about self-care right now. Self-care is a bit of a buzzword. You've got everyone and their mama trying to sell you bath bombs or pumice stones or is that how you say that? Pumice? Pumice? stones a wine subscription and while I am absolutely a sucker for skincare products myself I get super excited about upgrading my skincare routine like all the time I still think it's important up front uh, before we even dive into the other aspects of relationship building to clarify what it means to take care of yourself Because there is so much misinformation out there, so many of us have tried these products or trends and then we wonder why we're just as anxious and depressed as we were after that, quote, amazing eight-week juice cleanse that we were, you know, that we just finished that was supposed to completely transform our life. So, a lot of myths, a lot of misinformation and I just want to start with what self-care isn't. So what it's not. It's not a bubble bath. It's not a bottle of wine. It's not you've got to buy vitamin c for your face and hot oil for your hair and you got to get these fancy shoes and you know try only drinking lemon juice and maple syrup for you know, 10 days and your hair will be great if you only wash it once a week, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have anything against all of those things, but the self-care industry as it's sort of packaged and mainstream right now is they pay a lot of attention to things that fall under body care and really even one aspect of body care. Like there are many different facets about having a good relationship with your body and you know doing things for it is only one small part of that and so it's not things that you would buy you don't have to buy anything to rebuild your relationship with yourself so I don't really agree with this sort of commercialization of self-care of how it's kind of packaged of buy this and you will have no problems I think that keeps us from doing the real work and I know that whole term, the real work—that sounds really intimidating, right? Like, oh God, she's going to give me these horrible exercises to do that are going to suck up my time. But no, I'm not. That—that's not a thing. It's just that I want to know that if I found myself in a pit tomorrow, if I woke up tomorrow and was horribly depressed, you know, I don't want to hear about a bath bomb. When I'm down there in the mud, in the muck, it's definitely not gonna help me. If someone in a lycra suit is standing at the top of my pit uh, with her gleaming mani Petty just and perfectly coiffed, dyed hair, throwing skincare products down at me, telling me that I'm gonna be okay, you know, if I just put this moisturizer on my face, I don't feel like that helps me. I want to know how to be okay down in the hole. in the dark, when I don't feel like I have many resources or opportunities to make things better for myself. It's that kind of peace that I'm looking for. A trust in myself, a belief in myself, that no matter what's happening externally to me, I have everything I need to take care of myself, that I'm going to be okay, and that whatever's happened is you know, is not going to destroy me or my life. And so, you know, totally fine. Dye your hair, buy some bath bombs. These are all things I do, by the way. Zero judgment here. I just want to point out that body care, especially the way that body care is presented in this kind of commercialized context, that is just a very limited view of what true self-care looks like. There are at least three other pillars that I want to talk to you about, in addition to loving your body, that help you to feel like a well-cared-for human. Another myth I want to dispel is this idea that it requires a huge investment of time to take care of yourself. And the reason why I want to dispel that is because so many of us feel completely strapped, right? We are dead, tired. We could not manifest a minute in the day if our lives depended on it, right? And so if you're that person, if you feel like you're completely exhausted and totally backed into a corner and there is no way you could possibly give any more of yourself in any context of your life, I don't want you to feel like it's hopeless. Because it's not. The great thing about self-care is usually it can begin with a lot of these stop doing things. So there are things that you're doing, whether you're realizing it or not. There are things in your life that you do that make things harder for yourself, that suck up your time, that give you these feelings of hopelessness and overwhelm and exhaustion, and you could just try to identify and weed those things from your life, you could break those habits, and that will free up more space in your head and your heart and in your life. So, in short, what it's not, a hot bath with a bottle of wine, just saying. So what is self-care? Right. So I just spent some time talking about what it is, but I mean what it's not. So what is it? Well, for me, my definition of self-care is having a great relationship with yourself. If you're starting at a low place, as we all are at one or a hundred times in our lives, then that would be a rebuild for you. You might have to acquire new habits, tools, practices, things to restore your sense of well-being. Hell, you might even need to learn what is well being, because that's definitely where I began. No one in my life was, quote, well. Um, certainly not my parents, my caregivers. If you listen to Who Killed My Mother, you already know that my mother was not this <laughs> glowing example of a well cared for human. She did not um she did not embody wellness on any on any scale. And that was true for everyone else in my family too. You know, my father, he is also not a well person. Um I have no role I had no role models of people people who were well. So I didn't even know what that meant when I started. People who come from deeply traumatized families or who have, you know, family history issues, you might have no role models, no examples of what wellness looks like. You just might have encountered it through, if you're lucky, through external role models, like maybe someone who came into your life, albeit briefly, and kind of demonstrated this sense of well-being, or, you know, maybe you've had spiritual teachers Or maybe, I hope it's not just, you know, full glossy (laughs) wellness magazines, right? Because that's definitely not best example of, of wellness. As I already said, it's a very limited view. But regardless... You might not have any idea of what that looks like. And that's what I'm gonna take you through when I start talking about the tools. I'm gonna speak as if you have to do a complete ground zero rebuild because that's what I had to do in the beginning. And what does a ground zero rebuild look like? What is a rebuild? What are you even rebuilding? I would like you to imagine four pillars. I've kind of got this, Um, my wife Kim and I, we, we went to Greece in 2018 and we saw, you know, the Parthenon and all those little like temples and stuff. That's kind of what I'm envisioning, like a little temple. And it's got pillars, right? Those column things. Now I'm thinking of like what, ionic or what, I can't remember the, the style of the, the structures or whatever, but you got columns. I call them pillars. And each of your pillars represents an aspect of your relationship with yourself. So one pillar is your relationship with your body. One pillar is your relationship with your mind and emotions. And I think mind and emotions are so intimately connected that I don't separate them out. And I'll talk a lot more about that, don't worry. And then the third pillar is your relationship with your spirit, your creativity. If you were a religious person, you might say your relationship with God If you're not a religious person, you might say your relationship with your spirituality. Or if you're just full-blown atheist, um, you might say something like just that feeling that you get when you connect to... Kind of the larger mystery of life so maybe when you've looked at a really beautiful starry sky or you've stared at the ocean or whatever this kind of feeling of expansiveness in you or if you're a creative like me you know if you're doing art or any kind of work and you're producing something you also kind of feel that too and so that's a different pillar and then your fourth pillar is your relationship with other people and that's that is a hard pillar. <laughs> we, I have a lot to discuss under that one. But those are the four pillars: the body, the the mind, the emotions, the spirit, and um, your your relationship to other people. And it really just depends on where you are. You know, some of your pillars might be in better condition than others, or. Like I said, you might have a complete ground zero rebuild like I did. I Coming out of my childhood, you know, in my early 20s, I did not have a good relationship with my body. I had a terrible relationship with my mind and my emotions. I viewed my emotions as my enemy. I had no relationship, spiritual relationship or creativity relationship. I was barely beginning to understand what that even meant or how to use it. And for my fourth pillar, my relationship with other people, was really toxic, really polluted. I didn't have any real good relationships in my life. They were very limited. I just had a couple here and there. I had to rebuild every single one of those one by one. So I'll talk a lot more over, you know, 50 to 100 episodes or whatever, what goes into the rebuild of each of these these pillars, these different relationships that you have with yourself. But you can just kind of, you know, imagine... These are the four pillars that the, that uphold a good relationship with yourself and the things that you need to do to rebuild that relationship if it's been damaged in any real way. Or um, maybe you don't have a ton of trauma in your background. Maybe you're more of in a maintenance period rather than a rebuild. So what you'll be looking for are the good practices and habits that help you to continue and maintain your sense of well-being and these good relationship aspects with yourself. So it's totally normal, I also feel like I need to say it, that it's totally normal to be in a rebuild in some areas of your life, but in a maintenance in other areas, like it can be a bit of a mix, and even to be doing it for a long time, I still feel like I'm in a rebuild period when it comes to my body because I had a, you know, a really terrible toxic relationship with my body for a really long time, for most of my life, you know, I don't speak kindly to it, I... I haven't been particularly loving toward my body. I didn't know how to listen to my body or the things that would make me healthy or happy. I I have hard times like just eating, you know, So, so my relationship with my body has been really difficult. And so for me, I still consider that pillar to be in a full rebuild. I think me and my mind, my emotions, my mind emotions pillar, that that is more of a maintenance thing, but even that, sometimes stuff will come up and, you know, you'll feel the pillar kind of shaken or it's taken some damage and then you have to do kind of like a minor (laughs) reconstruction, you know, and um, for example, unfortunately, I recently had a falling out with a good friend and so my emotions pillar was pretty, it was undergoing a lot of damage as I was trying to navigate that relationship and my emotions were kind of all over the place and it required a bit of maintenance, more maintenance than usual. You know, just not just like a little touch up. And then me and my creativity, I mean I'm a very creative person. I'm as I'm recording this, I'm about to release my twentieth novel, my twenty fourth book. So, you know, I definitely have a place for my creativity and my spirit in my life, but it's something that requires, you know, maintenance, like regular maintenance and use. Otherwise I I don't feel well, you know, I'm not happy if I can't express myself in that way. And so, you know, that's a very different place than than the kind of position I'm in with my my body pillar, right? And then me with my relationships with others, like, I feel like that's always definitely in a maintenance period, trying to work with other people and also just learning how to be a better friend, be a better wife, be, be more kind to myself, and in addition to how do I honor my needs but also you know meet the needs of other people without compromising myself so that's always in flux so anyway it's absolutely normal for some of your pillars to be in a better condition than others or for things to happen that shift the status of your pillars an asteroid can crash through the atmosphere of your life uh, and either take a direct hit boom pillar gone and then it's time for a rebuild or maybe the asteroid only grazed one of your pillars, and you've just got like a chunk of marble missing. So okay, time for some patchwork. Or maybe the asteroid took out your lawn, and there's mud all over the pillars, but you know, so all you need is a hose down. I'm not trying to get too crazy with this metaphor here, but whatever it is, you know, different levels of care will be required after different events in your life. And so we'll kind of go through, you know, early in the show, how to assess sort of where you are in your four pillars, things that you can do to kind of get a sense of where you need to start and maybe where you can apply most of your energy and time just to get you going. But no matter what has happened or what hasn't happened in your life, your only object in self-care is to build and maintain these four pillars. So when you're practicing self-care, what you're doing is you're giving attention to these four pillars. It's that simple. You just need to, you know, identify the needs of these areas of your life and meet them. That's it. Doing what you can to have a good relationship, a healthy relationship with these aspects of yourself. The only problem is, again, like I said, is that sometimes we just don't know what that looks like, right? We don't know what a healthy relationship with our body really looks like. We don't know what a healthy relationship with our mind really looks like or what we as an individual need. What Corey needs for a healthy relationship with her mind might not be exactly the same as you. It's different for everyone, so how do you identify those needs? How do you do what you can to support yourself? How do you recognize when the need isn't being met? And what are your go-to tools to you know, do those repairs or to do those rebuilds? So these are all things that we will explore more in upcoming episodes. So that's it. Just wanted to introduce you to this idea of the pillars, how to build and maintain your pillars. The next few episodes, probably six or seven episodes, are going to be what I call the essential tools episodes. Bear with me because they might seem really basic for some people, but I wanted to do these first before jumping into kind of the bigger stuff like what do you do if you hate your body or what do you do if you're dealing with mental illness or... What do you do if your loved one is wrapped up in destructive patterns or if you're dealing with destructive patterns or if it feels like it's impossible to relax or catch a break or why do you have anxiety about everything? These are all big and important topics and I'm definitely going to go into them and outline all of my experience with those things. But I want to begin the show by giving a bit of attention to these tools because these have been the most powerful Uh, means that I've used to transform my life over the years. It's six or seven practices that have been the most beneficial to me that have been the most versatile and pretty much everything that comes up whether it's a body issue or an emotional issue or a bad habit or anxiety or stress whatever it is it's one of these tools that I reach for and so I just want to take some time to outline those tools for you before I move on. And talk about the the more difficult stuff because I want to be able to say so if you're in this situation you know remember what I said about journaling remember what I said about meditation remember what I said about affirmation and that's how you would use that in this situation okay so bear with me for the next few episodes we will absolutely get into the juicy stuff soon I just want to start us off right with a really strong foundation so today Introduced you to the idea of four pillars. Next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the tools you need to build and maintain your pillars. And then after that, we'll dive into all the ways your pillars can be attacked, <laughs> cracked, broken, come tumbling down, etc., and what you can do about it when it happens. This episode of A Well Cared For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.